0: Welcome to Always Andersonville, the podcast. I'm Laura. And I'm Joelle. Today we are joined by Mark Byers and Trey Elder of Jerry's Sandwiches. Known for their extensive beer and whiskey selection, great music, beautiful outdoor patio space, and humor, Jerry's has been serving curious, thoughtful sandwiches in Andersonville since 2012 at 5419 North Clark.
1: Welcome, Mark and Trey.
0: How are you both
1: today?
2: I'm good. Me too.
1: Well, um, why don't we start with each of you telling us a little bit more about yourself and your background, and you can just kind of reintroduce who's talking to orient our listeners a bit.
2: Mark, why don't you go first? Oh, okay. I've, uh, I've been in the food business since college, starting out like slicing corned beef in a deli. and Just different incarnations, but Jerry's has been going since 2002, starting out as just a little sandwich shop, walk-up counter. And I'm the I'm like the exec chef, uh, bookkeeper. Just kind of chief cook and bottle washer, I guess.
1: And what attracted you to delis, or how did you get involved with that? I was think? just
2: making money in grad school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ended up working in like a student concession. and Stayed, <laughs> <laughs> never, never escaped. And what about you, Trae?
3: Um, I didn't start out in restaurants, although I did work at an Arby's in uh, high school. Wow. Yeah, wow. I don't even know if you knew that.
2: No, that that, that could One be One of the lesser
3: known secrets from my
2: past. Might require a pay raise. I, that's intimidating.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but I moved to Chicago to play music out of college. Um, ran sound at Double Door. Was involved in the music industry a lot. Uh, and then I got involved with Intelligentsia Coffee, which was actually how I developed my palate and moved me into thinking more about food and the things that I consumed. Um, I helped a couple of friends open a couple of restaurant concept after Intelligentsia. And at some point, I had been a big fan of Jerry's and eating there a lot, um, like twice a week for a few years. Um, And then they opened the store in Division and had been open for a few months. And they heard that I was running a restaurant. And so Mark and Mindy came to me and said, hey, what do you think about coming over and helping us out over here? And I said, hell no. No. And I said, said, yeah, I'd, I'd love to work with you guys. And then I've just been part of the family ever since.
0: And what is it about Trey that kind of made you proposition him?
2: Boy, you're you're reaching into the the distant past. I, I recall Trey, you know, as our coffee rep, and I recall like going into a restaurant that he ran on uh, Milwaukee.
3: Yeah, ZK Food.
2: Yeah, but uh, you know, Trey, Trey uh, like a few of us, has you know very broad interests. So, know, yeah, Trey handles all our mu- well, he handles our music, our whiskey, our cocktails while GMing the store. And knowing two-thirds of the people in Andersonville.
1: <laughs> yeah, I liked when you emailed me, Mark, during the holiday sign-up process. You're like, Trey usually does all this. Did I do all this correctly for small business? <laughs> I was like, yeah, Trey did one of them, but you're great. You're good to go. <laughs> yeah, we tracked down the person
2: that gave him a vacation and we let him go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, you were just on traveling for quite a bit of time. How long were you traveling for?
2: About two and a half
3: weeks. I did a Miami Barcelona, Marrakesh, London, then Miami again. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay.
1: So All in just two and a half weeks.
3: Yeah. Over a week was in Marrakesh, so that was. What interesting... did you do there? Did you rode a camel? <laughs> mm-hmm. Went hiking in the Berber <laughs> mountains. A lot of food. Not much whiskey is in uh, Morocco, no, it was so there wasn't dry. much of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, had a little bit of wine there. I did find one bar in Marrakesh that had whiskey. That had American whiskey too, so that was nice. Uh, a nice respite that one night. Um... Like boutique American whiskey? No, major labels. They had a Jaeger cold machine, like that you'd find at a sports bar here. Okay. Um that was in the, in the new part of Marrakech, like the business business center. Um, yeah, mostly food and shopping and just being on vacation.
0: Had you been to any of those places before?
3: I had not been to Morocco, but I've I've been to everywhere else. Yeah.
0: Very cool. Well, Mark, as you said, in 2002, you opened Jerry's on Madison Street, correct? Mm-hmm. What was that kind of experience like doing that? And where did the name come from?
2: Um, the, the We were there. We were in that space. And we are off-premise caterers. And it was just a closed space. And almost, I don't recall the exact timing, but almost simultaneously was the Democratic Convention in Chicago. I think it was Clinton. And they redid Madison Street, which was kind of, well, was Skid Row prior to that. I remember it was like restaurant supply that, therefore, I knew it. And there'd be people like sleeping in doorways. And, but they redid it, and we were there with a storefront that we just had kind of papered over. And we just said, well, we're here. We're paying the rent.
3: There were new condos opening up. Yeah.
2: The- the West Loop was just starting to turn. Wishbone, I think, was there, but no, Oprah was there. Mm-hmm. I think she was there before us, but it, she was there short, you know, around the same time. So, well, let's just open. I one of my earliest jobs. I, uh, a very good chef that I worked with, or under he was my partner, but he was the chef, and I was business used to just make us wacky sandwiches, and it always stuck with me. For some reason, I, one I remember is he would make, like, monkfish with your typical tomato saffron French sauce. But he'd, put it, he'd toast bread and put it on bread, and Here, here's a sandwich. I just always stuck with me that we could <coughs> kind of get a little far out there with sandwiches. So we did that. And the original, to answer your second question, the idea was the original sign said sandwiches and deli. The deli never ha- – we were like four days in and like we're never going to do a deli. But we wanted a name that was uh, – my wife is Jewish. And we said, well, it's a deli. Let's, you know, let's do a Jewish deli name. And, but she said, you're absolutely not naming it after me. I do not want it. So I said, well, um, how about Jerry's? Because that sounds like a Jewish name, but we'll secretly name it after Jerry Garcia. But so we – it was just always an inside joke.
1: <laughs> so, how soon then did the the name Jerry's replace just the sandwiches and deli sign?
2: I think the sign stayed up for years. Oh, okay, until we it always said and deli. I mean, it's long gone. You know, we we vacated that space some years ago.
1: Do you re- recall how many sandwiches you had on the menu at that first location?
2: Maybe ten or fifteen to start, and then we had the idea the idea of letting. Uh, staff or customers design a sandwich and if we approved we would name it after them
0: yeah cuz a lot of them are you know just have kind of first names mm-hmm. and um the first initial of the last name and some of them are named after famous people right or i think they all are they except all are?
2: for two or three are okay. still the originals your your wife point, has
0: yeah. one too right on the menu
2: the yeah mindy has one of the yeah. original okay. the old old sandwiches and so we it's still named after her
1: what is that one?
2: The Mindy F. That's a blackened chicken, avocado, cheddar, and chutney. And mango chipotle chutney and lettuce. It's evolved a little bit, but those have been the core ingredients. most. <laughs> I was
1: going to say, can we do like a pop quiz? Like if I just go, Annie O, what's on that one?
2: <laughs> Trey would probably know them all. I, I'll get most of them. And I probably will remember what the who the person, you know, Annie O is Annie Oakley. But who's the famous American, real or imagined, that it's the sandwich is named after?
1: That's the only one I can remember. I think it's the one I order often <laughs> off the top of my head. Yeah, and but... chicken, cashew butter, yeah. uh,
3: chutney, watermelon radish, arugula? Maybe, I'm missing something. There's a green on there.
2: Yeah, and that's an original. I already, that is I also lost an original. <laughs> and Annie was one of our original staff, and she was our housekeeper. I mean, we are just tiny at the time. And she was from uh, Thailand, so that is basically our homage to chicken sauté, <laughs> chicken peanut butter, sweet and hot sauce on it.
0: And you let customers still kind of make their own combinations, right, off your menu?
3: Yeah, the the first incarnation of the Division Street, which is the full full restaurant version, we had a make your own section that, that took up a whole page. Okay. And after about a year, we realized nothing was coming out of the kitchen right because every single sandwich was different um so we still allow people to do that but we don't shove them down that path like we used to okay
0: because i know when you originally moved to open in andersonville there you could do that yeah 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 no we mm-hmm. still have it okay. We
3: but it's not listed on the menu with okay. every ingredient in the kitchen on it it was took up a lot of page space and yeah it just ended up being confusing for everybody or then people would order something and they wouldn't like it, but it wasn't our fault. They just put together- yeah, they just put together- Yeah, like like together and, uh, Yeah, we're like, well, you put the brie on the salmon. I don't know what to tell you. You're know, like, why'd you, why have did you have put, p- put ketchup on that? That's, right. uh, that's on you.
0: <laughs> Do you have any like kind of memorable sandwiches that people have asked for that have stood out over time or like crazy combinations that you were like, I There's don't even too many. know.
2: In the, in the early days, we had like a roster of shame Okay, Which is like the most appalling. Like the staff, we would all like, oh my God, you won't believe. And they would involve things like peanut butter and mustard and just like, oh, Lord.
0: I don't think I've ever <laughs> tried peanut we, butter and mustard. No. I'm not, rec- yeah, not recommending <laughs> it.
2: But we stopped doing that. We thought, okay, we shouldn't insult our loyal customers. Oh, man. The other reality is when people do this, it, it's much slower for the kitchen. So we've we're kind of moved to it's keeping not, it quiet, but everybody knows if they ask. Hey, can you make do this for sure? We'll do it for you.
0: I mean, it's not like you're lacking in choices. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have a yeah. very dense uh-huh. menu, so I'm sure someone can find something that they like on there.
2: Right. And this is the
3: current version's the shortest version we've ever had, and it's still longer than most most restaurants would offer.
1: Like maybe eight, and you have how many at the moment?
2: 50 maybe around 50 plus there's
3: always eight to ten specials
2: going on Mm -hmm. at any point in time
3: so yeah 60 plus but it used to be well over 100 120
2: yeah i I remember there was a point in time where like we were getting up there i said let's just hit 100 let's have 100 sandwiches and we'll advertise that and we got there but you know some were (laughs) the same sandwich but one was with roast beef and one was turkey because the combination was good and it would work and we also had
3: 150 to 200 beers and 140, 150 whiskeys. We we kind of got out of hand there for a while.
0: So you've pared down mm. a bit since then. Yeah. Okay. Still lots
3: of offerings, but uh, yeah, more reasonable, mm-hmm. less to digest. You don't have to read the menu for two hours before you decide.
0: Right. And is there a customer favorite in either the food or drink category that you've noticed?
3: Definitely our fried chicken sandwich. It's called the Harlan. That's hands down the most popular sandwich on the menu and has been. Pretty much forever. It's a good one. And beer is always popular. Half a half Acre, mm-hmm. Daisy Cutter, and Crankshaft, Metropolitan, both local beers. Those both sell really well for us.
1: Do either of you have a favorite sandwich on the menu? Or a favorite two?
0: Or side?
2: I tend to eat the specials more, <coughs> more often than not. Because I, I design them. So if we bring in, say, an oyster, fresh oysters, it's like, wow, I'm... Excited about that, that therefore I'm going to eat it. I've had all the...
1: Yeah, you've had plenty of time to try all the other ones. Not that I'm I don't sure. eat the
2: regular sandwiches, mm-hmm. but it's the specials that... You know, I'm... But we're... we're I'll speak for it. I'm jaded. You know, I've seen these over in, uh, since 2002, so...
3: My favorite current sandwich is probably the Rachel, which is... Uh, its main ingredients are avocado, pesto, um, and it has our house-roasted turkey... But it used to be called the Green Jay, and it had black and chicken. But all the other ingredients were the same. And at some point, we thought we had too many chicken sandwiches and not enough other things, so we changed that to turkey, and kept the same name, which just confused people. <laughs> <laughs> so eventually, we re- renamed that one. So it's it's now the Rachel.
0: And who is that named after?
2: Rachel Carson. Oh sure. You remember? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the seminal was it Silent Spring, mm-hmm. seminal yeah. book on the environment from like the sixties. It's like people didn't even care like back
1: then. What would you put on your ideal sandwich, Laura?
2: I don't know.
0: I was whenever when I went to Jerry's in the beginning, I would mm. I, I mean, I like hummus and tomato and onion, like, you know, and then that's pretty much what I like on a sandwich. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: you would have liked mine was cucumber hummus. Um, well, cream cheese today, but that was my plain sandwich. But I would always probably put something really spicy with something a little sweet like a chutney which could be spicy i suppose but
3: i'd say half the sandwiches have a hot sauce on it and we carry mm-hmm. a pretty big variety of both bigger name and locally made hot sauces but it used to be when we were going for broke in every category we probably had 30 plus hot sauces at any given time so for a while, our Twitter handle was at with hot sauce because. Oh
1: yeah, I always wondered why it was. Yeah, that. all the
3: special the specials come out, and all the staff be like, "There's hot sauce on everything." I'm <laughs> like, "Yeah, Mark just likes hot sauce."
1: <laughs> How would you go about choosing uh, Andersonville as a location for Jerry's?
2: I correct me if if I've got this wrong, Trey. But I, as I recall it, Mindy and I used to come up here for dinner, like with the time we lived in Oak Park. So when we would come into Chicago, Andersonville was one of the. Uh, areas we'd come to for dinner. And we always sort of admired it, like eyeballed it as a nice neighborhood. And we probably, at that, t- in fact, at that time we did, we had the Wicker Park Jerry's, which moved since moved to Lincoln Square. And just, I think, uh, I think we came up when we had a thought of maybe doing a second one, we came up to see a space and we didn't like it. And we were walking back to the car and One of us in our group said, "You know, I know a space that's for rent on Clark. Do you want to just walk by it?" And it was the, it was shuttered, but it was the (coughs) Stargaze. Oh right, I was trying to
0: remember what was there before you came in.
2: And I looked at and thought, "This looks incredible." You know, so let's call. Let's just call. And it was a, you know, total wreck. But it had a backyard, that was also kind of just a backyard with trees that got chopped down. And
0: And how long did the renovation? Uh, take for that, and and then when did you end up doing the the back patio, which is beautiful?
3: It took a while because yeah. we we the the basement was really small, like not much bigger than this room, and we thought that that was not a good use of the space. So we kept the structure of the building, but we tore out the floor and dug a whole new basement. So that that
2: added months to that project. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's building a restaurant's and art, and I maybe now we're. Better at it, but you really ask. <laughs> you have to have your duck to do it. To do something from scratch, which is what that was, as opposed to taking one over in new paint and bringing some new equipment. You really have to have things lined up because it's just a thing to deal with subcontractors and so forth. So it took us over a year, and I think we originally thought it would take four months. So we're, we we were the masters of the sign on the window opening in spring, X opening midsummer, X opening in fall
1: at like, least you didn't encounter a fire right before you opened no. uh, lady yeah. gregory's when we had martin in oh, here I talked about that. that um that's and just that a whole just, other that ball was game like less
3: than a month before they were gonna it was right exactly before. they yeah, were like so near terrible. completion yeah
1: mm-hmm. yep
3: yeah luckily we didn't have that but the patio we always knew we wanted to do um but all the dirt that came out of the ground was sitting on the patio for a while uh so i we we're open
2: not quite a year, almost a year before we actually had the patio ready to go and fully open. Plus is that we opened in a September. <clears throat> so like what's the rush to open a the patio, patio in September? Get yeah. a week out of it and then shut it down. So
0: And th- then
3: when And had- we wanted it to be nice. We didn't want it to feel like an afterthought, like, well we could throw tables and chairs out there now, but we rather we'd rather present something to everyone that was you know, those beautiful that people were impressed by.
0: And when did the Lincoln Square location open you're there right um on lincoln right by the, the fountain the fountain, right Plaza.
2: four year. it'll be four years this coming february
0: so how was that renovation process because what space did you take over there in lincoln square
3: we're Nothing. the we're the first tenant you're the first tenant that building had been there a few years and they had had multiple other agencies i guess if you will um sign contracts and never do a build out so the space was just a raw, empty space for us to do with what we wanted.
2: The story I heard is it opened right at the real estate crash in the late, like, 2008, whenever, you know. And they had a signed lease, and when the market, the economy crashed, like, they backed out. and Just one story after another.
3: Yeah, and at that time, we weren't necessarily looking to—we always have an eye out for real estate, you know, just, but we're not— we're not trying to grow a chain or we weren't trying to aggressively open more stores, um, but we let things entertain us every now and then, but that space in Lincoln Square was also, it was kind of like the one in Andersonville. It just seemed like we'd be remiss if we didn't if we didn't jump on it because it was such a great space and a great neighborhood.
1: And we, I mean, I had no idea, but recently you renovated the left-hand side of that entire space into a bakery and cafe called Geraldine's, and we stumbled in there a couple weekends ago, and I'm like, wait a minute, this is totally Jerry's owned Mm -hmm. because the branding and the font is the same. (laughs) Um, So what was the theory? Um, Your barista manager was telling us it had been open since, I believe, April. January. January, okay. So almost a a year. year. Um, What was the thought behind converting that side space?
3: We basically had a room that we weren't seating that often. Um, Not because of lack of diners. It was more the layout. I think is very creative there but that room also it was full it faces the, the main road um so it was always really hot in there and it just it felt detached from the main part of the restaurant so a lot of patrons didn't want to sit in that room um so we slowly started seating it less and less and then it just became a giant storage closet that you could see from the street <laughs> for a while like we should really do something else with that space that you know still is An extension of what we're already doing, but also something new and fresh and something that doesn't necessarily exist over there. And we knew we wanted to bring in a new pastry chef, and that helped justify Mm -hmm. that by having a means for her to be more creative and sell more pastries by having the cafe.
1: Her
0: um, pumpkin cheesecake was top-notch. Delicious.
3: Yeah, Eileen's pretty talented. Yeah,
0: it was really good. Are there any plans to kind of have those same pastry offerings at the Andersonville location?
3: We won't go into details now, but yes, there are plans for that to happen in the near future.
1: Pumpkin cheesecake coming to us. All right. Well, we'll maybe not.
3: (laughs) I might know a person. I can put in that request.
1: (laughs) This is Always Andersonville, the podcast. I'm Laura. And I'm Joelle. This episode is brought to you by Meeting House Tavern, located at Clark and Winnemack, where you can enjoy free pool, darts, skee ball, and more, or play one of the dozens of board games. They have daily and everyday specials to quench all thirsts, plus Thursday night karaoke and the Sunday social variety show, Never A Cover. Find out more at MeetingHouseTavern.com or on Facebook. Joelle, how do you become a sponsor? Well, Laura, any of our chamber member businesses or a business considering becoming a member can email us directly for sponsorship information at info at Andersonville.org.
0: We offer sponsorship for both one episode or four episodes in a row. We are always looking for new sponsors, and we also encourage listener feedback. So if you have a guest you'd like to see on the show, please email us at info at andersonville.org. You can also email us with questions, comments, or general neighborhood inquiries. We look forward to hearing from you. And don't forget to
1: subscribe, rate, and share Always Andersonville, the podcast on iTunes.
0: Well, you also offer catering and event space rental. Can you talk a little bit more about your catering offerings and how folks like looking for to plan a party can go about doing that?
2: Yeah, this is our background. We 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 used to do weddings and uh, which we we do occasionally if asked, but um, mostly we cater jerrys now. So if people want sandwich trays and that kind of thing is very popular. It's it's more often than not delivery, but our background is service staff and running bars and all that sort of thing. The problem we run into it's it, it's with we rent out space and certainly we're very good with p- groups of 20 but when it gets bigger and you know when do they want the space? Saturday night, Friday night. We're already full or we're near full and you have that dynamic of annoying your good regular customer base that either drives from somewhere, parks, walks up your door and reads a sign that says closed for private party. So to make a long story short, I think our goal in the long run is probably to acquire a second floor banquet space. Like I, we decided to defer it just because we have things going on, but I did look across the street earlier this year and I think above uh, Passerado, I think that was for rent. I mentioned it to Mindy, and we looked at it online. And there was a similar space across from Jerry's in Lincoln Square. And we we said we're not ready, but I think, you know, I think to really do it, you need that room that's just locked up until somebody yeah wants just to dedicated just yeah to that. sure.
1: Well, I will say for our sake, Andersonville needs more rooms like that. We get questions at the chamber a lot, like who has a private event space that's mm-hmm. like legit a private event space and not just a rear side room of the restaurant yeah. you know things like that um and it's hard i mean there aren't there aren't a ton so but you do have yeah. that
0: nice niche in the back that right. serves itself well to yeah, yeah so we, side room. we do a reasonable
2: mm-hmm. amount of 20 30 yeah you, probably 30 is the max in that room yeah we have a lot of
3: small events and like more semi-private parties back there um but to so are out yeah the whole restaurant if a Monday if someone want to do it on a Monday or Tuesday night, that'd be great, but yeah. that, they always want it on the weekends, which is a lot more difficult yeah, or want. they want to rent the whole patio out also on a like Saturday afternoon, which is you know really our our money maker <laughs> during the summer um and then if it does if weather doesn't permit if it's raining, I don't have anywhere else to put a party of sixty if the patio isn't available you know so it's that it makes a little
2: hmm. a little iffy but it really if anyone out there is getting married on a Tuesday morning more tuesday morning weddings everyone
0: (laughs) what um
1: so what kind of have you ever like what type of music or entertainment have you had in there then for a private party
3: we've had it we've rented it out for a couple of weddings that have had music and djs um we brought in some acoustic music for events uh where in our wicker park space we had live music seven nights a week um we didn't we didn't want the full stage and We felt like the Andersonville crowd would be more interruptive, which in Wicker Park, to some degree, it was also interruptive to dinners. Uh, But down there, we just got known for music, so it didn't, you know, it was more accepted. Um, So we've had music, but we don't do it regularly at this one.
0: I was reading a couple of reviews, and and folks had mentioned that they do appreciate the the low volume of the music, so people can actually have conversations in Jerry's, which I think is appreciated.
3: And even that, the music that we do have is very... A very particular. I mean, we have a we have thousands and thousands of uh, songs and albums. We only play full albums. We don't just put on a Spotify or a mixtape. Uh, mostly Americana. Uh, some like classic, like rock, jazz, blues, New Orleans style stuff, funk, uh, stuff that's fun. But stuff that's we think our our menu is rooted in how you know Americans eat sandwiches more than I think most other other places. So the music's kind of the same way it's rooted in American styles of music. Um, that pretty much anyone could listen to and it's not offensive but it's still you know still awesome music but you know i don't know many places you can go in and hear a whole johnny cash record followed by a whole jethro Tull record <laughs> followed by a herbie hancock record you know most most restaurants don't program music like that
2: or they use cat can service
3: yeah yeah or they're just listening to mi- like if it's jazz and they're not really curating the jazz right. they're just kind of playing whatever background jazz which is not as Laura and I had a discussion earlier, to me, that's not background jazz is not jazz. It's a lot more adventurous category than that. Um, but we put on full albums of, you know, well, now we're going to listen to a Ross and Rolling Kirk album. And now we're going to listen to, uh, you know, whatever. Um, but stuff that we really like that we know and believe in. It's not just a random mix of stuff.
0: Yeah, I used to work retail and and it was. It was the same music. Every single day.
3: Yeah. And then during Christmas. It's the same. Mu- and,
0: and you would hear you. Would, and if you work those long shifts, you would hear. And then here we go again. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. I'm in hour 12 now. And yeah, yeah I've heard this four we'll times. Spin back around.
1: Um, Are you actually putting vinyl on or do you have just a d- We're different We're just using system? it through, through a computer. Yeah.
3: Yeah, no. But a lot of the stuff that we play, Mark and I also own in our personal <laughs> collections, too.
0: That's very cool.
2: We're uh, you know, we're we're starting to talk about it for next year. Our, the problem we run into is we're bigger just slightly bigger than is permitted to have live music without a license of performing P whatever, PPA.
3: Yeah, PPA. Which we did at Wrigger Park because we paid covers for some shows and had live music every night. But we had a full sound system and you know, sound engineers that ran sound every night. Uh so yeah, we're right on the cusp between needing a PPA license to have any kind of proper amplified music, uh, as a Chicago ordinance. So
2: Yeah, I think we can have like a celloist in or something like that, but you start getting a band or Curiosity? I think even a G- Dj <laughs> I think even a DJ, right? Yeah. You, you really need Yeah, you need the P if you have license. over a hundred seats, you need a license.
0: Okay. <laughs>
1: Well, you've both been in the restaurant industry a really long time, it sounds like. Have you seen it evolve over the years?
2: In oh general? gosh, yeah. It's it's dramatic. Just total really, really dramatic. I mean, we watched Wicker in Wicker Park, we watched Division Street kind of clear out as but it's so dynamic now with all the smaller concepts. You know, it used to be kind of let us entertain you and you know this right I mean I go back to the 70s so you know I remember when you could count on like one or two hands the fine dining even moderately priced fine dining and now it's just you have to have something like I don't know why this comes to mind but like a restaurant like parachute or something that would not have existed 20 years ago or you know maybe in a neighborhood maybe like in a Korean neighborhood but it's such dynamic dining now that You've got to, I mean, we're aware of this. You've got to really be sharp. You'd have to know what you want to do, focus on it, and execute it properly, and make sure it's something that your customers want.
3: Also, I think the general public's interest in food, I mean, the word foodie hasn't been around that long. Um, So with, you know, whole YouTube channels and television networks and things dedicated to food, I think the general public's perception of the food that they go out to eat is different. Uh, Obviously, chains still exist, but In cities, people are less interested in eating at chains, which wasn't the case 20, 25 years ago. Food trends in the 70s and 80s were like five-year trends. Now they're six-month to nine-month trends. Um, Things want things to be changing all the time. Yeah, I think people are just looking at the way they eat a lot differently than they used to.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, like my mother, for example, is like she's like the worst eater. She's not listening right now, so it's not (laughs) like I can't. But it's just like I'm like, well, do what do you want to go? Would you want to go out to a restaurant and eat something? You know, we could go. You know, go get Chinese food. Well, I guess I'll have white rice. Like she's very, she's not a risk taker with food, but like, you know, like, but that's how I grew up until I became older. You know, I didn't kind of try foods because she wasn't trying foods, and I don't think it was as available. Yeah. But now it's like you're just trying everything <laughs> all the time, and everyone's kind of looking for that next big thing to try.
3: Yeah, I took my family. There's- probably 10 or 12 years ago i took my family to a new award-winning restaurant in arizona and my grandmother was like i don't know what any of this is it was a mexican restaurant but they just bring every day the menu is different and they bring out a tablet and it has like a handwritten with chalk tablet not a not
2: not not electronic yeah
3: not electronic tablet uh and they had five dishes that day and you choose and my grandma just said i don't know what any of that stuff is i don't want it i was like well just get the chicken mole She's like, I don't know what mole is. I was like, just get chicken. <laughs> It'll be fine. You're going to like it. It's chicken and vegetables. You'll eat it. It'll be delicious. And then they sit it down. She's like, this looks weird. you know. She liked it. But <laughs> yeah. It takes I, a lot uh, to get up yeah. there sometimes. Well, but even before, whether it was fine dining or family style dining, like an Italian restaurant was a traditional Italian food. A Greek restaurant was traditional Greek food. Um, And Chicago has always been at the forefront of innovation with food and putting global influences together and i i think that was an adjustment period for a lot of people to oh you can do that with food this can go with that kind of like our sandwiches (laughs) (laughs) so you're saying peanut
0: butter and mustard (laughs) could have a coming
3: it might we just need to find the right space for it maybe we'll see
0: (laughs) maybe
1: it's like a yeah like a peanut butter sauce that's sauteed on chicken and not directly on the bread i don't know
3: we have the peanut sauce that we make in-house for our peanut pasta salad. Um, it's like a Thai-influenced pasta salad uh, that's always one of our sites. I put that on my chicken all the time, and it's delicious. But that's not on the menu, but you can ask for it, I guess, <laughs> if, if you're listening out there.
1: <laughs> so Jerry's is participating in this weekend's third annual Andersonville Viking Pub Crawl uh, on Saturday from 3 to 6 p.m., And you've been our a participating location since the beginning. In fact, I believe we had our first ever Viking pub crawl check-in at Jerry's in that back room. Um, Why do you think people enjoy dressing up as Vikings, particularly in this neighborhood?
2: Doctor.
3: (laughs) I think everyone likes to dress up all the time, even if they don't know it yet. That's why Halloween's popular. That's why going on a parade in New Orleans is popular. Um, But I think Chicago has a bad rap for what a pub crawl is. Without naming names, I'm sure we all know who they are. There are some large, mass pub crawls that have given pub crawls a bad reputation, uh, but I think in a neighborhood like Andersonville, I think the Viking tie, you know, is it helps you connect you connect you to the neighborhood. But also, pub crawls are fun if they're just done with the right people and the right, I guess, attitude going into it, which is very different than some of the mass produced you know, party till you puke style pub crawls that have become popular in Chicago.
1: Um, And we were, yeah, I mean, when we first started this event, we were really pleasantly surprised at the different variety of people who showed up. It's way, it's a, it's a very calm pub crawl. Yeah. And it's weatherproof, kind of, because you're in a Viking outfit. Yeah. So if it's snowing, great. <laughs> if it's raining, who cares? Well,
3: and we've had other non, I guess non-sanctioned uh, pub crawls show up at us. We had a zombie pub crawl show up to us last year. A um, couple other things. I was like, Do zombies have money? Are they gonna pay <laughs> for these drinks? Are they just gonna kill us? Uh, <laughs> no, but yeah, people like to have fun, and it's, it is a good. I think it's a good. I love that the chamber supports that.
1: And do you happen to know what you're offering this weekend? Uh, yeah, the, we're gonna. Callers?
3: I'm gonna come up with a cocktail that is that I haven't done yet. That's on my list of things to do today. Uh, but we're gonna have Solemn Oath, is a local brewery here in the Chicago uh, suburbs, and we're gonna have their Kidnapped by Vikings IPA, which is suitably named.
1: Very suitably named, <laughs> yeah, we're very excited
0: to see all of the costumes um well, yeah, because year one, you know, you know it was costume light like people mm. uh, there were just a few notable costumes, and then by year two, it was like, okay, everybody brought their Game of Thrones game, and <laughs> yeah, yeah um, that made
3: those co- type of costumes more available <laughs> more on <laughs> people's radar for sure,
0: so now when you search it, you can you have you know many many choices, so.
3: Well, and also we've we've always only carried American craft beer. So we've always done a lot of beer related events. And a couple of them at our Wigger Park location that we did every year were themed um, and all of our staff would dress up. And then after two or three years of that, some of our customers would also come dressed up for those events too. So we, yeah, we're we're already costume friendly.
0: Well, what would be the biggest piece of advice you would offer to young entrepreneurs out there either looking to start their own business or enter into restaurant ownership?
2: Don't do it. Just kidding. (laughs) I would say work in the business for as long as you can. And hopefully, I mean, it's probably, this is probably good advice. Well, advice for any sort of entrepreneur. It doesn't have to be food. But you need to see what unique element you could bring to the table if you, it doesn't have to be, well, maybe not unique, but something you have a passion about that you think you can deliver uh, execute really well. Um, not just like, oh, gee, I've always wanted to own a coffee shop. You know, that's like, I've always wanted to own a dress shop. That You know, that, That's a recipe for not lasting a year because there's, there's so much competition. Or I've always wanted to own a restaurant. I know, I'll do, I'll hire a good chef and we'll have 10 fun entrees. Like, yeah, there's like 80 of those every year and 70 don't make it, you know. What's your vision? What it's like aha! I've been here all this time. I know what I want to do. That you got to kind of wait for that eureka moment.
0: Yeah, and as you said, you're very hands on in all areas of your restaurant. It's not like you're.
2: You've you've got to be. You know, I've I've been both. I've been hands off, meaning like I I get captured too much, like in bookkeeping or in an office, and it you it yeah it's you've got to really, you know, try to. We need to be there. Touching the food, looking at the bathrooms, all all that sort of thing. If you just delegate, it's just such a hyper competitive uh, industry. Of course, probably they all are, you know. But my perspective is restaurants.
0: I mean, you have nice bathrooms, so
1: oh, thanks. That's a plus (laughs) for you. (laughs) Don't
2: don't go in the afternoon.
1: Um, Well, we reached the point in our episode where we like to ask both of you if you could trade places with another Andersonville business or business owner for the day. Who would you pick?
2: Oh, okay. I've got one. I I, I love, as does probably everyone listening, Gethsemane. So I like to doodle in the garden. I'd love to be the guy walking around with a hat saying like, yeah, this tree will put it in the shade and it'll. You know, water three times a week. So, Gethsemane.
3: <laughs> I'm going with Woolly Mammoth. I love hey. that store. And I don't know that I'd get much uh, business done, but I'd just be looking at everything there all day long and wondering about its history of all those eclectic items they carry.
1: Our interview we just recorded before this picked Woolly Mammoth, too. And I oh, do not really? actually think we'd had any before then. Nope. So, so that's and we wait. haven't
0: had a Gethsemane, have we?
1: We have. One it's been a while. while. Yeah. Okay. Would you want to work during? the Does anyone ever season? say Jerry's? <laughs>
0: I I feel, feel like we have had a Jerry.
1: People have mentioned. I don't know. Jerry's. We're on like
0: episode eighty-seven
3: yeah. at this point.
1: I am. Not, wow. I don't we remember. have to. Yeah, we we'll have to call through <laughs> and and actually,
0: we can actually do that now. We can probably put the because if they want to do like
3: yeah, a wife swap for a day. my well, we always my schedule's open. <laughs> it.
1: Yeah, we always mention it in the notes. So it we mentioned the notes. But now. maybe we,
0: at the end of the year, that's a good idea. We'll do like a recap of of all the businesses that have gotten chosen over. Over but yeah, yeah, wife's
1: like a yeah, swap go, thing yeah, would be really a funny. Job
3: swap, yeah. And we Again, can... I might not sell anything at Willie Mammoth, but if you're listening, I'll
1: come <laughs> hang out at your store, food. We like have Andy on the mobile mic, and we'll just go around and like sneak attack people <laughs> during the day and say, "How's your trade going today?" <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: thank you, Mark and Trey, for being here.
3: Yeah, at- thanks for having us. Sure? Thank you.
0: This was fun, and thank you for listening to Always Andersonville, the podcast. For more information about Jerry's please visit jerrysandwiches.com. Show notes on today's episode can be found at andersonville.org.
1: Always Andersonville, the podcast, is produced by the Andersonville Chamber of Commerce. Find episodes streaming weekly on iTunes and Podbean with show notes available at andersonville.org.